What's up guys? Welcome to episode 38 of the Block Exploring Podcast. With me is Tommy, as always. And um, as always, this podcast is not financial advice, so if you're looking for that, this is not the place. Let's get into it. Um, this week, the state of the market, well, it's been a recovery. I think uh, Bitcoin has kind of climbed back to the 50,000 euro mark. Uh, ETH also recovered up 8% this week. Same thing for Binance and a lot of other, um, well, larger projects. I think the top 10 overall is down in the negative, but the larger, like top three, top five projects are in the plus. Uh, Cardano is still down, unfortunately. And uh, Avalanche has actually been booming for the past like two days, which is pretty nice. So yeah, let's get into it. Uh, overall, fairly bullish market, I'd say. I think uh, the recovery has definitely kind of inspired a bit more confidence with the average investor. And uh, yeah, so this week uh, we're going to talk to you about everything that happened in the crypto sp space. Uh, mainly, we're going to talk to you about the Ethereum drama that happened, the ramifications stemming from it. And we're going to discuss who to trust in the crypto space a bit. Then we're going to discuss fractional ownerships in the NFT space and in the DAO space. And then we'd like to know what you guys think. So, Tommy, let's get into it. Let's Recent it. Ethereum drama. What yes. happened? So, this was around last week. Yeah, there was a, there was a madness on Twitter. Um, it, all, it all really started from Suzu, um, one of the partners at Three Arrows Capital, one of, these, one of the bigger and more well-known crypto investment funds. He essentially tweeted out that he's uh, abandoning Ethereum because Ethereum is abandoning its users by always employing the purity test on decentralization and that. And he was he was it's pretty harsh um, criticism. He even went on to say that it's it's gross that new users are priced out of Ethereum and that. And of course, that kicked off a whole storm. It didn't actually move the market in general. In my I don't think it did. But it mm -hmm. might have, but um, because I think no, I, th I think it was a, a bit of a contained explosion, you know. Yeah, drawback anyway. But yeah. um, yeah, basically, ETH peeps came out, you know, and uh, de vehemently defended uh, decentralization as king. And uh, yeah, you know, this was a whole drama for for a moment. People like people were going back and forth, but it it really just touches on this debate about decentralization gas fees l1 solutions l2 well l1 yeah chains l2 solutions and 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 people have loads of opinions about it but um thankfully i mean thankfully for those who are eth holders anyway um eth2 devs um have recently announced that uh that they are inviting commun the community to come test out the merge which is huge news for a uh, for Ethereans and uh, yeah, because the merge is what a lot of people have been waiting for. It's it's what's going to move Ethereum from proof of uh, work to proof of stake, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, that's extremely bullish and would solve a lot of these ETH gas fees. Fair, fair game. Yeah, I I wasn't as like I actually barely noticed the, the ETH drama. I had a bit of a busy week, sure. and uh, I, I saw someone tweet like, "Why are we all?" hating it why is ethereum the most hated cryptocurrency on the crypto twitter right now that's all i saw from it i was like oh what's going on yeah. but yeah and what do you think kind of the ramifications of this are think, do you think the guy had a point that you know the well, gas fee ecosystem has been critiqued 
he definitely has a point. I mean, I, I don't think anyone denies that he has a point, but we also have to look at who is making this critique. Um, Suzu is a, an investor. That's what Three Arrows Capital does. They invest in mm-hmm. a big way. They move markets. That they, they have that kind of capital. And I don't think it's a huge jump to think that Suzu knows that him that himself that he is a uh, a mover a shaker and whatever he, whatever he says travels and actually mm-hmm. impacts the market. So it's not stretch to imagine that he might be pumping bags or he genuinely cares about gas fees for for users. But yeah. I think it just depends on where do you stand on this debate about um, giving a giving a little bit in the way of decentralization for less gas fees and. You know, in my in for my understanding, the ETH the ETH community is just will not compromise on decentralization, and that's the hill they decided to they decide to uh, die upon, and that's what you know why people like and use and Ethereum in the first place. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely valid criticism that the the network is so congested now, which is a good problem to have. Yeah, it does price out newer users, but some there ah, it's 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 hard. There's so mu- there's so many angles to it. Mm-hmm. What do you no, that's think? true. I don't know. I've I've read a bunch about the the way that gas fees really price people out of the market, out of just using it. It really is, uh, in a way, a new form of transaction fees. So like you flee transaction fees from banks just to get back to transaction fees on ETH, and of course you need to incentivize yeah. somehow. But the ETH price has skyrocketed so much compared to the dollar of course in the past years that the the gas fees which are calculated in guay relatively are extremely high and extremely pricey for a lot of people i think if you want true mass adoption you need to tackle that in a way and it might also add to decentralization because i think what it incentivizes now is to let very large players become eth miners or very bundled capital sources uh, invest and become ETH miners or validators. Mm-hmm. And if you make those rewards lower, maybe the pool of, or not not pool, the amount of validators on the network or the amount of miners on the network right now, it will diversify that a bit because it won't be as uh, interesting of an investment for the larger players. So I think maybe that could have positive effects, allowing for a more accessible ecosystem and lower transaction fees because they, they can be influenced you know it, it, it's not like transactions fees are they don't have to be that high it's just because the the validators charge this high well it, but that's not that's not this decision of the validator they don't choose to set the price mm-hmm. of per transaction that's that's just uh calculated through network congestion and how much you know if there's so many there's only so much block space and if you comp if you do what a lot of these L other L1s are doing to, you know, mm-hmm. scale on L1 as opposed to doing something like scale on an L2 is increasing throughput on the on the blockchain, which yeah. you know, at a point it becomes unsustainable because what a blockchain should do is reach consensus, and if you have too much data for these nodes to reach consensus, then you have a problem. Then your chain is insecure; it breaks down, mm-hmm. right? And that's what. Ethereum doesn't compromise on it doesn't compromise on how much data can go on per block right and that's why yeah. gas fees are expensive but that's also why the move to proof of stake that creates all these uh, shard chains 
which allows mm-hmm. for gas gas fees to be solved in that way. I mean, I think that people are just taking two different two different solutions to um, mm-hmm. to this to this problem, right? Two different yeah. issues. So where whereas others would choose to scale the L one, right? And by doing so, they increase the throughput. But then mm-hmm. obviously you compromise on decentralization and consent and the ability to reach consensus you have a much less secure chain right so yeah. i think so in my view ethereans don't choose to not compromise on decentralization because if you're moving a lot of money you, you 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 want nothing less than the most secure chain right hence hence why the solution is hence why the solution in the, for ethereum because ethereans don't think to scale the l1 the move mm-hmm. to the ETH v2 is already like the scaling of L1, but the 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 further solution is, which is what everyone agrees. I mean, everyone in the community, I think, agrees with is that L2 is where most transaction activity will happen. But mm-hmm. that's why. But that works well for what Ethereans want, right? They want the decentralization. They want the security. But yeah, so they also don't like high gas fees. So they want both, right? So that's why an L2 solution or world is kind of how i view the direction we're going with or yeah f- for me yeah. it's really uh well for me my main use of eth is to pay for gas fees for transactions yeah. whenever i try to stake something or i try to move something into a DeFi project mm-hmm. but i think in a way sure ethereum is very secure um that's really good what i like more is is projects that support multi-chain features so there are, yeah. are projects that allow you yeah. to move the same assets just via a wrapped version over another chain or yeah. whatever. And then you save a lot and then that makes it more accessible. So I, I do think that sure. there, there's a very good point in wanting this very uh, decentralized, very secure way of doing mm-hmm. transaction and not making it cheap. But then... But it's not, it's not about... It's not like they don't want it to be... It's not like they don't want it to not be cheap. You know no, I mean? but it's the sacrifice they're most willing to make. You know, the, we make it well, more expensive exactly. and keep it more secure. So I think that well, yeah. the the positive aspect of this is uh, you incentivize projects to decentralize to an even further degree, right? You you mm-hmm. say, hey, don't just focus on Ethereum, focus on a lot of these chains that exist and allow yeah. for transactions to interact here as well. And that, I think, is true decentralization. Yeah, there's a reason why they uh, but they well decentralization and how that pro- decentralization of how that project you know takes brings in users but that mm-hmm. but decentralization in terms of a, the blockchain i mean that's that's a different thing but there's a yeah. reason why these projects start off with eth right i think most projects ultimately in their roadmap they do include like a multi-chain future yeah. but there's a reason why they start with ethereum because Oh, let's say okay you have let's say you have a project right a staking a staking service right it's on ethereum it's on avax right well, there's one 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 is clearly the more secure chain and one is you know the 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 cheaper chain right yeah ultimately like if you're making your money with this service on avax for example you've been operating on avax and that you're going to want to store that money in ethereum for mm-hmm. on a long-term basis because it's the more secure chain you're not the likelihood that ethereum shuts down is far less than the 
likelihood that AVAX just shuts down, right? Absolutely. So like, yeah. I think that's, but that shows you the two very like uh, different purposes and why all these two will, will exist. Because one is fo security focused and one mm -hmm. is, you know, socially focused and both can exist, but w they both, so like, I think the dilemma comes in when people want one thing to do both while when yeah. that really doesn't need to happen because they're trying to do two different things. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think a lot of um, what well, we talked about it, I think it was very early into the podcast. It was like episode four or five. We were talking about maximalism. And oh, yeah. th this is like a, a similar argument you hear from a lot of Bitcoin maxis that say like oh bitcoin will solve it all eventually yeah. uh but i think that it, in a way it's another version of centralization right this this maximalism this very single chain oriented way of approaching cryptocurrencies mm -hmm. i think it's that that in a way is also centralized because sure if this uh like let's say an eip comes through that's the majority of the votes went in, in favor of a proposal, right? Yeah. And in a way, if you decide, hey, I don't agree with this, you should have the option to take another chain to have an, an alternative to Ethereum. I think that's the entire purpose to this space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And I think sure. that's, I mean... that's what people oversee. That's where a lot of the complaints about Ethereum and about gas fees stem from. And that's why, I, I mean, personally, I find the gas fees on Ethereum too high to be well, very relevant well, to me now. i use it sometimes yeah. but yeah it's for now but that's why i opt to use um yeah. once in a while i use the binance uh, smart chain even though i don't really like it i use yeah. it that's why i use avax sometimes that's why i sometimes use solana mm -hmm. it is what it is but th there are options they are out there and i think yeah, you shouldn't exactly. focus too much on just what goes on with eth you know i don't think eth is is, is the end is the pinnacle of crypto maybe in five no, years eth will be like irrelevant who knows? Maybe, maybe not. But as like yeah. whether, but I don't think it's because I. That's where the debate is, right? So ETH people people are only debating this chain versus that chain in a way yeah. in on on like on principle and and uh, and technicalities, right? As opposed, because I think for most people they're using everything, everything they can. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're mm. they just like people on ETH probably using Solana as well probably using AVAX, probably mm -hmm. using Binance, right? They're all, they're using it all. Like what we see on Twitter is just the, the debate where, um, where people are debating these bigger issues like decentralization, compromising on this, you know, L1s versus L2 solutions. Like, but the reality is that people actually use everything. And we're just looking at a, a small, you know, it's just because someone says like, um, just because someone says, L other L1 solutions are inferior to ETH, for example, in, in regards to decentralization, because it's probably true, doesn't mean they're not going to use that chain, right? Or that they dislike that chain necessarily, like to the point where they're going to use it, not use it, right? Because there's value created on all chains for the most part. It's just whether it's just about a little, I mean, not little things, but these are small siloed debates that we explode i i think yeah you know I for think, example I that think person that's... that person making sorry that person making the comment about eth being uh decentrally superior for example to other l1s mm -hmm. i think that's uh it doesn't make him a maximalist necessarily because he's probably holding he or she whoever 
is holding uh, multiple bags in it. Yeah. Probably. So, by nature, by you know, he's probably not a maximalist, right? If you're holding multiple yeah. bags. And I think I think with that we can kind of wrap up this episode. You know, I think the yeah. entire space, the entire crypto space, has been built on wanting an alternative, wanting an alternative from things like financial markets, yeah. from centralized governance. And I think within the crypto space, you should think that way. So mm-hmm. always think in alternatives, always look for alternatives. If you don't like a project, look into another project, build another project. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, build with us on this podcast, join our discord, tune in next week, and we'll see you then. Peace. Take it easy.